wow, you only have four years left. <laughs> and not if I take a bath with a toaster. <laughs> Don't do that. Dance, monkey, dance. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. Hey, John. How are you? I'm doing great. It's kind of a gray, rainy day here in the Sunshine State. You've been getting a lot of that. Yes. Quite a bit. <laughs> but hurricane season only has another month, so. Whoopee. But that's always that, that's always when it gets really, like, tricky. It's when the big ones pop yeah. up. Yeah, we had two last year. Fortunately, because I, El Nina or La Nina or whatever, they all seem to be curving uh, up this year. Yeah. So hopefully that's a trend that'll continue. Because the two that are out there right now are both heading north. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's like unseasonably cool here today. I walked outside thinking it was going to be hot, and it was like, oh, it's rather chilly out. So I don't know what's going on. Goddamn global warming. Mm-hmm. Climate change, whatever you want to call it. It's all a scam. It doesn't <laughs> exist. Yeah. Neither does self-respect in some places, but, you know, we still vote for people. <laughs> So what have you been up to? What have you been watching? Uh, oh, so much. We haven't, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. So, what, have you uh, have I'm, you caught up on Ahsoka? I have. So, so Every, each episode just gets better and better. So since we talked last, we've had the introduction of Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, finally, we've gotten to uh, meet up with Ezra. Um, yeah. and there was a, there was a great post online of, um, you know, for years, star Wars fans have called episode two version of Obi-Wan Kenobi space Jesus. <laughs> and so there's, there's a picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi that says what people think space Jesus looks like. And then a picture uh-huh. of Ezra and it says what uh-huh. space Jesus actually looks like because you know, he's Brown. Right. So that's funny. Yeah. And, and I will give it up to the guy that's playing Ezra. He has got that character down to a T. Yeah. He sounds like the cartoon version. He's got the mannerisms of the cartoon version. It's like creepy the way that he's been able to embody a, a an animated character. Uh, and to think he was Aladdin in the Will Smith Aladdin movie. Is that who that is? Yep. Oh, Okay. Didn't he complain for a while that he couldn't get work because he was... Surprise. Because <laughs> he was dark. Because he was dark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, but we've also got, um, you know, you got Thrawn 
in live action mm-hmm. now, and it looks like he hasn't missed a meal. Um, <laughs> you've got an army of night troopers who are like, I'm guessing they're they're reanimated stormtroopers, um, because they're all bound with the red night sister like cloth. Yes. Um, and we have new we now we have new night mothers. One of which is Claudia Black from Farscape and Stargate. Hmm. Um. We've got a new cool looking stormtrooper commander called Captain Enoch, who yep. I I don't know if you understand if if you know how he ties to another franchise. Oh, I don't know. I think he looks an awful lot like Twicky from <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Or uh, Buck Rogers. So, Buck Rogers. so the person playing him is Wes uh-huh. Chatham from uh, The Expanse. He played Amos. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's him under the mask. Okay. So there's a bunch of different sci-fi people that are now made their way into the Star Wars universe. Nice. Yeah. Um, but this last, so, so. And two episodes ago, they they tried to do a book of Boba Fett where they didn't really have their main character in an episode, which I thought, right. again, is a little ballsy. But they threw Ahsoka in in the beginning, I guess, just to kind of placate people. Um, but this last episode where they've ratcheted up the tension of um, Sabine and Ezra being chased by the mercenaries and, and Balin and Shin... And Ahsoka being attacked by the fighter wing of whatever the name of the ship is that they flew there in. Um, all while Thrawn is trying to come up with a master plan to get rid of everybody. Um, it's just, I know there's a lot of people online that don't like this show, but I don't know how that's possible. Cause I really like this show. I think it's, it's, it feels the most like Star Wars than most of the stuff that's come before it. Right. And I I am here for it. I think it's just time to officially say that Dave Fillion is Star Wars. Just give it to him. Yeah. I, I don't know why they're not pulling the trigger on making him the head of Lucasfilm. Um, no, uh, but uh, it's the natural progression. He was trained right. by Lucas when he was brought on to Clone Wars. He's made things that people have genuinely fallen in love with, and f- has felt like Star Wars. And like the entire—I well, shouldn't say the entire, but ninety percent of. Star Wars TV on Disney Plus is thanks to him. So, oh yeah. I don't know why there's any question about this anymore. Yeah. Well, we do know that his his movie is now a trilogy. Yeah. So, that's good. I'm just I'm I'm really kind of sad that like it's there's not going to be any more TV though. Yeah, well, we've got Andor season two, don't we? Andor season two, the Acolyte, um, 
skeleton crew are all live action TV, but I feel like the things that people are going to want, like Mandalorian season four, Ahsoka season two, they're all going to be held to be movies. And I think those stories work better as long form stories. Right. Like I don't want a two hour Mandalorian movie. I want 10 hours of it or eight hours or, you know, right. Cause if then I know that some people are saying that there's some fat that could be cut out of Ahsoka and I get that. Like they're contracted for eight, but like there's definitely things that wouldn't have transferred that, you know, if, if this had just been a T like a, like a one-off movie. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's why they've held off on Thrawn for so long. Was that he's going to have a much larger role in the new film films? Well, yeah. And, and I would assume that like, you know, people are, I've seen a lot of people speculate online about the finale episode being the death of Thrawn. And it's like, there's no way there's, there's no way they're going to no. get rid of him that quickly. Mm-hmm. I would assume that he's, he's a big bad for the next trilogy and yes, gets taken out before the, the formation of the, of the first order. Right. But I'm, I don't know. I'm, I will definitely I'm go see, see his, his trilogy. I mean, it's not going to be like a Ryan Johnson trilogy. So, I mean, you know, that'll be good. Hey, Ryan Johnson gave us Constable Zuvio. We can thank him for that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most popular characters ever. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. Yes. But we also got a we got a return of C three PO in this last episode. We did. So much better than yet another CGI Carrie Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I will say that if you go back and watch that scene, there are very few times when I can spot when they're in the volume. But that room, you can tell that where the walls end and the the screen begins. Because I watched it, I watched it twice, and the scene when Hera C three C three PO comes in and Mon Mothma says, "Okay, then this isn't a big problem because Leia had sent her, and she comes over to talk to Hera." There's a screen in the back that's supposed to be like a status screen that is so flat looking. I was like, oh, they're in. okay." like there was something about the way that they shot this particular scene where I was like, oh, they're in the volume there. So I don't know what was going on, but it doesn't usually look like that. Interesting. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch. Yeah. That new uh, 
Was he a senator? He was kind of a dick. Yeah, apparently he's got some tie to Star Wars Resistance, the the kids' cartoon. Oh, yeah, I couldn't get into that. Yeah, so apparently that's future world building. Okay. And there's a debate on whether or not that was Admiral Akbar sitting next to him. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Because there was a um, cal- calamarian. Is that mm-hmm. is that the species? Yes. It's sitting next to sitting next to him and dressed as um, as he was in Return of the Jedi, but being that he doesn't say anything, people were like, "Well, maybe that's not him." I guess they were wanting him to like when they were talking about Thrawn's return to be like, "It's a trap." Right. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Um, did you catch up on Only Murders? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this was a really good episode. And just when you think they've solved it, it's like, but wait. Yeah. Yeah, I liked I liked the way that they told the story. I liked that there were misdirects. Um, I liked that they actually made Steve Martin do the song. Yes. Um, and you were thinking like, like, because they totally play it off as, as why he's doing it. And like, he's not sure whether he can and whatever. And then you find out that it was a cover for them actually putting the, the camera in the dressing room. Right. Um, I really, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the whole thing of like Steve Martin coming in and looking for his weighted blanket. Yes. And then laying down, and she's like, "Well, you got to leave." And he's like, "Well, no, I can't because I can't get up. It's it's too it's heavy." Too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I did like that the Schmackeries cookies are the method of death. Yes. Have you ever had a schmackery cookie? No. They are they are really good and really full of sugar. Are they are they quote unquote to die for? Um I wouldn't die for them, but <laughs> I've had my share of them. Uh, I liked the five whores. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Um, I also like the um, the fact that you find out that Meryl Streep is his brother's mother. Yes. And that like I didn't see that coming either. Like, yeah, like it was the writing is so good to set it up to where you're they're being dropped clues the entire season, but they don't make sense until like the very end of like just starting to like piece it all together. Right. Well, the the uh, the diary that Martin Short takes from her apartment looks very stalkery. Yep. But she's stalking the wrong person. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. One more episode, right? Yeah. 
Yep, on Tuesday. All right. <laughs> I still think it was Tobert. Tobert. I mean, there's still time for him to be in on it. Right. You know, just or it could be a could be like Murder on the Orient Express, where like everybody was part of it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. In the episode. They figured out who poisoned the cookie, but not who pushed him in the elevator, though, right? Uh, so there's still that mystery. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of hinting that she did it at the party, but I don't know. Maybe it's her crazy son. Oh, possibly. That they... I should do a podcast about this. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Oh, sure. <laughs> but what would we call cool. it? Bloody Mabel. There you go. What have you what else have you watched this week? Oh, um I did a rewatch of the Loki TV show just to get prepared for okay. season two. Okay. Um, work was a little busy, so I didn't get a chance to watch too much. Um, but I've also been watching, uh, rewatching Modern Family. Oh, okay. I like that show. Yeah, and really paying attention to how well it's written. Mm-hmm. And the the. Other TV shows and movies that they reference in their show is is very well done, but doesn't necessarily have to. You don't have to have seen those movies to understand what's going on. Right. Um, and I've always really enjoyed their writing. Like like their the writing on that show was always very fast and and well done. So rewatching it is is always been fun. Nice. How far up are you? Uh, season five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I always love the Halloween episodes. Yeah. Yeah. They were, but I like the Halloween episodes of any sitcom. Well, I was going to say they don't, they, there's not a lot of sitcoms. I think that do like special, like Halloween and Christmas episodes anymore. Right. I think that's a syndication choice. Possibly. That it can be shown, Any you know, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you've got, you know, a bunch of episodes that can only be, well, can't only be seen, but make more sense at a certain time of year. Right. Hmm. Do you have a favorite character? Um... I have like a favorite character from each of the family groups. Okay. So I like Phil. Uh-huh. Um, I like Jay and I like Cameron. Okay. Um, I think, I think Eric Stone Street plays Cameron really well. 
and like knowing that that he's not gay, but um, Jesse, oh, what's his last name? Ferguson. Ferguson, that he is gay. Like the chemistry between them is so good that like he just blows it out of the the water anytime he's on screen. So. And when there are combinations of those people together, like when Jay and, um, um, oh my God, Phil are together or mm-hmm. Jay and Cameron or Cameron and, and Phil, like it's always just so well done. Like, right. It's, if you haven't seen it, if anybody's listening and hasn't seen it needs to seek it out because it's one of, one of the best written shows like joke wise that I think I've ever seen. Yeah. There's a, there is a joke that I can't remember what season it's in that relies on, um, episodes from all of the seasons before it. And it's a, it's a joke about a printer where, and the and the payoff to the joke, Phil asks about it, and Jay says something along the lines of, "Why do you keep asking me that?" And they flash back to all these different times that aren't in the epi- like the episodes that they supposedly come from, right? But they're in those locations, and like some of them, they're like they're at the Dude Ranch, or they're like you know, because they travel for a bunch of this stuff, and like one time they're at Disneyland. And so they've either thought this joke out far enough in advance to just pick up these things. Right. Or like they're, they've just been trying to pay off this joke. So they keep filming stuff and then cutting it, but they've, they've kept it that the payoff is, is unbelievable. Like the, there's enough of that. It's kind of like, um, community you watched community, right? Mm hmm. For the first three, okay. So for the first three years in the Halloween episode, somebody said the name Beetlejuice, and in the third year, when they say Beetlejuice, a guy in a Beetlejuice shirt or outfit walks by in the background. Like they plan that for three years, and like right shit like that always amazes me. There's probably a whiteboard somewhere where they kept writing Beetlejuice, and they kept coming back to it, and you know. Right. I feel like Modern Family was the same way. I can see that. I'm not a huge fan of the later seasons of Modern Family when the kids get older. Yeah. Because they become walking stereotypes. And at that point, I'm uh, like, mm, all right. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, but it is a fun show. It is. I loved the episode where they go to is it Vegas or Palm Springs? And there's the poker game with Billy D. Williams. Oh yeah. And he meets Phil, and Billy D. thinks that Phil is uh, the other one, the the brother, Eric Stone Street's partner. Oh, Mitchell. Mitchell, yeah. very funny uh do you remember eric stone street being on another show we used to watch religiously about plastic surgeons he was on nip tuck he was 
I don't remember him he, in that. He, he played an obese prisoner who needed to be lipoed before they could kill him. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. That nip tuck. That had some classy episodes. Yeah. That, the episode with, with Joan Rivers selling sperm as a night cream. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, have you seen Blue Beetle yet? I did. And that tells me you didn't like it. It's not that I didn't I, like it. I thought it was okay. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was very Latin centric. Yeah. Well, yeah. That to the point where like they're speaking a lot of Spanish, but there are no subtitles. So you're just supposed to like either know Spanish or get the inference. Right, right. Um, uh, I'm not a not a big fan of, of um, Lopez. <laughs> George Lopez. Yeah. He kind of annoys me. My my the, my biggest issue with that movie is the family getting involved at the end. Yes, it it felt very um, Spy Kids. Yes, yes. Although those scenes with the grandmother and the big Uzi, and you find out she used to be like a freedom fighter in Mexico when she was younger. Yeah, that would have been great for one joke. Exactly, but it kept coming back, and <laughs> you know the them kind of ineptly trying to figure out how all this technology works while they go to save him. It's like, Oh, really? Uh, I liked, I liked the fact that he's not, he's not the blue beetle that everybody remembers from the comic books that Ted Cord no. is, is actually missing in this. Yes. And that, th- that um, this is like an offshoot of something that he had been working on and but like they kept talking about how the I forget what they, they called the the actual beetle scarab? the scarab the, yeah the, so, the, so the scarab chose him for some reason and the right. scarab's been around for years and it's never chosen anybody but they never really right. tell you why it chose him. Like, right. Like there was no, like, I mean, for lack of a better example, like in the green lantern movie, the ring has to find somebody that's kind of worthy of being a green lantern. And it finds Hal Jordan. Right. Like I can, I can almost justify that. But in this, it's like, Oh, we've been trying to activate this for years and nobody's ever been able to do it before. And we need to like surgically remove it from you. And it's like, but why, what is so special about this kid? Right. He likes his family. Like, okay. He, he's not pure evil. Like I don't understand like a lot of what those decisions were. And it also 
because it was shot for HBO Max and a lot of decisions were made for lighting and camera and things based on like, Hey, we're not going to be in a theater. There's a weird look to this movie. Yeah. It felt like it was an expanded TV show. Yes. That had access to some really cool tech, but didn't always make the best of it. Yeah. Because they figured, Oh, it's going to be on TV. We can get away with it. Right. And so, yeah. So like, there are a lot of different, different things about this movie where I was like, okay, some of the comedy was a little bit too much. I'm all for, I'm all for comedy. But like you said, like the George Lopez thing where they just kept like giving him jokes. Yeah. And the, I mean, the other movies certainly have humor in it, but this felt like it tried too hard. Yeah. They, it it felt like they kept going. This is going to be the funny one. Yeah. They never quite get there. They never get there. And we got uh, a uh, mid credits and an end credit scene. Yeah. So Ted Cord's still out there somewhere. Yes. What was the other one? Why can't, why am I blanking on it? Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, the cockroach guy. Cockroach guy. El El Ch- El Chapulin. Oh yeah, yeah 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 okay. I swear to God, he used to be on Sabato Gigante. <laughs> I've seen that character before. Uh, and it it actually was a, a a superhero TV show that was in Mexico. Oh yeah yeah that's right yeah. So maybe El Chapulin will be the uh, the star of the next film. Maybe, but I mean, um, uh, James Gunn came out this week and said that there were only three actors returning from the DCEU, and it's the kid from Blue Beetle, Zolo. Yeah. Um. Uh, John Cena is Peacemaker and then uh, what's her name as from Suicide Squad uh, who played Amanda Waller oh um, Viola, Viola Davis. Davis yeah yep. interesting those are the only three com- that are being transported over from the DCEU okay I mean Blue Beetle makes me scratch my head because it didn't do great at the box office no, but maybe they're looking for that diversity piece. Uh, possibly. And hope they can make it into something better. I would love to see the Indian version of Spider-Man from <laughs> uh, across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, that would be cool. I think that could be very cool. Even Spider-Punk would be a cool idea. Any of them would be a cool idea. Yeah. Live action Miles Morales. Yeah. Starring Donald Glover. I mean, you got live action Donald Glover as a prowler, so. Right. They might as well just, you know, carry on. Mm hmm. Yeah. 
So what have you, you seen the? Uh, Go ahead. So, so what do you rate Blue Beetle out of ten? Yeah, seven. I was gonna say five, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I there are things about it that I really liked. I'm I'm always amazed when an actor of Susan Sarandon's character <laughs> shows up in a superhero movie. Uh, yeah. Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Annette Bening, Jeff Bridges. I don't know. Maybe it's just backing up the money truck. I would assume so. And I would assume that Susan Sarandon probably has kids or grandkids that like superhero films. And I, I think a lot of them are like, I'm going to do this for like my kids or grandkids and give them something that they can watch because like a lot of Susan Sarandon's other body of work is not things that like you're going to show your kids until they're like way older. So yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, she's not sitting her kids down to watch white palace. And what's the one where she played a nun with Sean Penn? Oh, where he's, is that the one where he's on death row? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember the name of that. No, I I keep calling it Eighth Mile. <laughs> well, it's not Eight Mile, and it's not. Uh, I know. Uh, it's Dead Man Walking. Dead Man Walking. Yeah. There it is. Oscar nominated, wasn't it? Oh, I'm sure it was. But I mean, she's also apparently she's also doing that TV series Crapopolis. Oh, really? Yeah, she's a voice in that, too. So maybe she's just like, like, I got nothing else to prove. Like, let's just do all the stuff that comes down the pike. Well, well, she was on that country music drama where she ended up being a hologram. Right. Okay. That was kind of like, oh, really? Parts drying up? I mean, maybe that's a thing. Maybe her agent is like, hey, if they offer you something, now you have to do it. Maybe she made some bad choices back in the day. Is she still with Tim Robbins? Um, I don't know. Uh, where's her? Come on. Uh, uh, they split up a couple of years ago. Yeah. But I mean, looking at her, her, her credits, she's done in the last couple of years, she's done like Rick and Morty. Well, good for her. Uh, maybe she just wants to have fun at this point. Maybe. She did an episode of Robot Chicken. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, I think it's like, she does this and then like she does all that like humanitarian shit on the side so maybe this just gives her extra time okay good for her yeah it's good to see old people still acting (laughs) well somebody has to play the grandparents that's right 
That's right. Uh, speaking of still acting, Uh-oh. did you see that there is a new Christmas movie coming to Disney Plus? No. Called the Naughty the Naughty Kids. No. Danny Glover plays Santa Claus. Okay. Isn't he too old for this shit? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, it looks like there was two of them. According to IMDb, there was Naughty Kids Operation New Year. Okay. Wait a minute. Oh, it's called the Naughty Nine. The oh, Naughty Nine. Okay. The Naughty Nine. It's a, it's a group of kids seeking revenge on Santa for being placed on the naughty list. Being described as an Ocean Eleven for kids. I mean, that's kind of the plot of one of the prep and landing cartoons from Disney. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and it's also the plot of the... Was it the Mel Gibson Santa Claus movie with the kid who was taking advantage of his grandmother and when he grows up, he it's um, uh, Walter Goggins? Am I getting confused? Is that the Kurt Russell one? Or Mel Gibson? Uh, Mel Gibson, I thought. I don't remember a Christmas. Because it was much a fat man. Fat man. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. There's There's a whole lot of movies recently where, like, Santa Claus is kicking ass. Yep. Because there was that one uh, Violent Night. Was that what it was called? Yep. With, uh, what's yep. his name from, um, uh, he was the new Hellboy. He's in Stranger Things. Yeah. That, yes. David Harbour. Uh, David Harbour. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I was trying to think of that one. Yeah, like, that is now a genre into itself. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. Santa kicking ass. Yeah. It's a new trope. Santa you know, killing people? Like fat, like fat guy with beautiful wife. <laughs> oh, the king and queen's problem. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Are you going to watch... The Doctor Who um, return of David Tennant with Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. Um, David Tennant is my favorite Doctor. Yeah, I thought so. Um, I had fallen off of the Doctor Who bandwagon when Jodie Whittaker took over, and not because it was a female Doctor, because the writing was absolute horseshit. And so right. I left it alone and I had heard that she had like, like they had cast a new doctor and it's going to be this black guy and like everything was going to be cool. And I was like, and they were bringing back, um, the guy that had, um, like had started Dr. Who back like in the modern era, the modern who, 
And so I watched the regeneration scene. And when it, when he, okay. she turned into David Tennant, I was like, no fucking way. Like, this is going to yeah. be amazing. Um, and I was like super excited. And, um, every time something comes out for it, it looks like, like vintage modern doctor who, if that makes any sense, like he sure. hasn't missed a beat. And so I know that Neil Patrick Harris is playing an established character in the doctor who universe, but I don't remember who that's supposed to be. So I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment for that part of it until I see it. And I'm starting to feel that Neil Patrick Harris is playing these heavily costumed characters now. Like he did the Lemony Snicket TV show. And he just distracts me. Is it the face? It's the acting. It's, <laughs> I, yeah. He's got a weird facial structure. Um, and that's nothing is against that him. What it is? Like, like th- there's nothing he can do about it. It's his fucking face. Like, um, sure. but I don't know. I see where you're coming from. And this seems, it almost feels like they wrote this part for Neil Patrick Harris. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I've liked him in some things for sure. Like what? Uh, I liked him in how I met your mother. Um, did you? Yeah. Okay. He was always the, the funny comic relief part of it. Um, yeah, I watched Doogie Hauser as a kid, so, you know, he was good in Dr. Dr. Horrible. Yeah. So, you know, he's one of those give or take people. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> but I mean, you're only going to have to put up with them for like an hour and a half tops. <laughs> Just bring back River Song. That's all I ask. <laughs> Isn't Catherine Tate coming back too? Yes. Yep. Ever since she was on The Office, i just not a fan. No? Yeah, no. Why not? Why aren't you a fan? I don't know. I do not know. <laughs> She's just one of those people. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I have a really good excuse as to why, but you know. I mean, you don't really need an excuse. It's just something that doesn't click with you. Yeah. I mean, that's why there's a bunch of different TV shows, because not everybody likes everything. Did you see the trailer for uh, Toxic Avenger? I did. What are your thoughts on that? So, being that it was a it was a teaser trailer. Right. I couldn't get a sense of what the movie is actually going to be like. I think they tried very hard to be like, remember the trauma film? 
That's yes, very much. That's what it looks like. Yeah, but there were also bits that didn't look like trauma in there, and so I'm I'm guessing that what they were doing was reviving the idea that what you've seen before is that's come from trauma that this is going to be based on, but won't it, like look like exactly. Right. Um, Cause there's some higher quality footage in there than the newscast where like the, the comp thing cuts out and you can see the green screen behind the guy. Right. Uh, they did that in the first Spider-Man uh, homecoming movie with the, with the high school thing. So like, like it wasn't as funny here because that's supposed to be like a professional news station. Right. Um, so I, I really feel like it was supposed to be like, remember that old film? Well, we've remade it. (laughs) And so the fact that you don't see the toxic Avenger, the fact that like you don't see anything but blood spurting, I got to kind of hold what I'm thinking until I see an actual trailer, because I really want to see what Peter Dinklage looks like. Sure. In the makeup. Yeah. You know, I'm just not a big fan of all the gore, you know, like the scene where he's in the, uh, the Miss, Miss meat store. Yeah. And he, um, smashes the guy's face in and like his lower jaw gets ripped off. Yeah. It's like, so if that's what you thought you could show in the Red Band trailer, <laughs> what else is going to be in this? Well, but I mean, I don't know how much trauma you've watched, but. No, absolutely none. Okay, so. I know of it. I know Sergeant Kabuki Man and, uh-huh. you know, some of that stuff, but I've never seen one of the movies. So trauma built its reputation on shock and gore. And. Yes, yeah, so this plays right into like the trauma, the trauma wheelhouse. So mm-hmm. I would expect that what you saw is just the tip of the iceberg. Like, yeah, like if that's not your thing, you're probably not going to want to watch the movie. No. And have you seen the still of Elijah Wood? No. Who? And I, I, saw the still and I thought oh there's a new penguin coming out uh Elijah Wood uh oh yeah see oh that's interesting Kevin Bacon plays his brother See, I would go to a Kevin Bacon film, <laughs> but I, you know, whatever. Not my cup of tea. No, and this this is definitely going to have a very limited audience. Like, mm-hmm. the the first Toxic Avenger movies are like cult hits, and so like I right. I don't I don't get. I mean, I guess in the age of streaming, they could just dump this on a streaming series or like streaming service somewhere and just get a payout for it. Um, 
It's supposed to come out this year, but I don't see a release date. Christmas. <laughs> Probably. Be the perfect Christmas movie. say it on the poster no yeah so yeah I don't know we also got a new trailer for Wonka did we I missed it yeah there was a final trailer that just came out uh, last week how did I miss that I'm very intrigued by it It's very different from the Johnny Depp version. From what I've seen so far of, uh, what's his name? Hugh, Hugh Grant is the Oompa Loompa. Yeah. It's just funny to me. I don't know why. It just is. I like little people. <laughs> um, I feel like it's, I, I feel like it's, um, the Gene Wilder version of the character just younger because it's not it's definitely not the Johnny Depp version but he does say things in the trailer like stop that reverse it so I don't know yeah I mean I'm not a big Chalamet fan but he doesn't bother me as much in this you know from what little we've seen yeah I mean, I'll I'll definitely be watching it at some point. You won't run right out to the movies, sitting in the front. I don't know. I mean, this looks like it could be a good movie in a, on a wide screen, but if it's a bad movie, <laughs> I'll I won't go to another movie theater for ten years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think. Charlemagne is a decent actor. Yeah. Um, he's a little annoying in Dune, but um, like I liked him in Don't Look Up and um, what was that other? There, there's like a, like a medieval movie called like The King or something that he's in. Um, and he was really good in that. So, you know, being the new it guy. I'm not surprised that they they tapped him for this, but I also don't think that like with a property like this, they would have just handed it to anybody. I think I think he had to display some kind of like you know, that he was gonna he was gonna take this on in a serious manner, that he wasn't just gonna phone this in. Right. So yeah, I mean I'm I'm definitely gonna watch it at some point, but I do kind of miss the idea that the Oompa Loompas were just like little people and not like a CGI version of a little person. Right. I don't maybe it's because I grew up with the Gene Wilder one. Yeah. I don't know. I think it might be worth checking out. Uh, also watched a couple of uh, 
old movies this past couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, I'll start with Death Becomes Her. Oh, okay. Um, not as good as I remember remembered it. In story or visual effects? In, well, in both. Oh, okay. Um, but they're making it into a new musical. So, you know, that'll be interesting. Are they really? Yes. I'd be interested I to have, see the makeup of the, the backwards head person. That and the, uh, uh, when Goldie Hawn has the gunshot wound in her in her gut, yeah, and, and, uh, and Meryl it. Streep throws the and Meryl Streep throws the uh, spike through it, yeah, and then she's sitting on the couch with that in her middle, yeah, yeah. Um, Isabel R- Rosalini is very weird. <laughs> Why? Well, because she not only did this. She did Blue Velvet. She did a a, a net series about animal um, sex, where she played all these different animals in weird costumes. <laughs> it's like, but your parents were huge, huge, serious actors, <laughs> and you're doing this weird stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she's she's beautiful in this, right? And Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep are great, but I don't know. It just, I liked it much better when I saw it when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, I think our sensibilities change for sure Mm -hmm. as we get older and things, definitely things that I've watched where I was like, I love that as a kid is like, yeah, I can't even get through that now. Uh, here's a bit of trivia for you. Okay. In a cameo as a psych patient, uh, we get Deborah Jo Rupp from 70s Show and Carol Ann Susie. Does that name sound familiar to you? Kind of. She's the voice of Howard's mother on Big Bang. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I know. I originally knew her from um, Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox. Huh? She plays his secretary. His, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, also watch Gremlins. Okay. Uh, for me, the story holds up, but the special effects do not. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, back in the day... Back in what was that, nineteen eighty something? Eighty four? Um, Eighty five? Yeah. Um they were, they were really cutting edge. All the puppets of the different bad gremlins and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then watching it again with with, you know, older eyes saying, Oh, that's really bad, or it's like that's a really bad piece of animation. <laughs> and it was a lot bloodier than I remembered. There's a lot of death in this movie. The first one is kind of a horror film. Yes, very much so. You don't like like the second one is more of a flat out comedy, but like the first Gremlins is a little bit scary, especially for the target audience. Yeah. 
Definitely. Well, I mean, was the target audience kids? Oh, well, I mean, it was, obviously it looks like it was made to sell toys. And yeah, I mean, and that's that's kind of the thing, right? It's like, who are who are they really making this for? Right. Because I remember I remember as a kid. I think it's the scene towards the end of the movie when uh, is it Stripe or what's the bad one's name? Stripe. Stripe. Yep. He's like sitting in a fountain and there's a shot of his back and all these little bubbles with all the little gremlins in them are like bubbling up where like that freaked me out when I was a kid. I was like, what the fuck is this? I bet. So like, yeah, I mean, as, as fondly as people remember gremlins, they launch what's your name out of a window on the, on the chair. Holly holiday. Yeah. Like, like there's a lot of death and there's like a lot of like axing of gremlins and shit where. Yeah. I mean, the mother gets, gets attacked by a gremlin. Yep. Because she goes to look in the attic to see what's going on. It's like, okay, that's like one of the first things you don't do in a horror movie. You stay out of the basement. You stay out of the attic. <laughs> but it was still fun. It was much better than Gremlins 2. Uh, yeah, well, Gremlins 2 was meant to be a comedy at that point. And they were just like, hey, we're going to do yeah. everything that we can imagine. When the bat gremlin flies out of the window and the the it creates the Batman symbol. Yes. And then a little TM shows up at the bottom. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And of course, who plays the voice of Gizmo? Who's the voice of Gizmo? Why am I blanking? Howie Mandel. Oh, that's right. He did do that, which is basically like Bobby's world. Uh, yep. That's it. <laughs> He's got one voice, damn it. <laughs> it's all he needs. It's got a young Corey Feldman in it. Yep. Judge Reinhold. Phoebe Cates before... that Was, was that before um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I think so. Oh, no, that was after. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But only by a couple of years, right? Yeah. Fast Times was 82, and then this was 84. Mm. Directed by Joe Dante. Yep. Who would later Master do... Master of Horror Films. Who would later do Rocketeer and uh, yep. First Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely had some cred. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, would you consider, if we're playing by Die Hard rules, is Gremlins a Christmas movie? Yes. Okay. Of course it is. It has caroling gremlins. How could it not be? <laughs> it has Christmas presents. Okay. It's it's just like Die Hard. It takes place on Christmas Eve. Okay. Totally. Fair enough. Yep. Everybody Do needs you? to add that to their list. 
Um, yes. It's not one of those where like, if I'm thinking of Christmas movies, I'm like, Oh, gremlins. But being, being the setting, I can definitely see how it would be, um, included. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that weird, like is nightmare before Christmas, a Halloween movie, or is it a Christmas movie? I think Disney's still trying to figure that out. I think they're using it as both. <laughs> Which and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There there's nothing wrong with saying that's a that's a two holiday um movie. Sure. But yeah, I haven't seen Gremlins in a long time. Might be have I might have to revisit that. You should. I agree. I think you really should. <laughs> I'll just cover my eyes at that scene at the end. <laughs> Maybe you'll see it in a new way now that you're an adult. <laughs> Possibly. That's funny. Uh, also watched Goonies again. Okay. One of my I favorites. still love that movie. I still love that movie. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I've tried to show my kid Goonies, and while I think yeah. she likes it, I don't think she appreciates it quite as much as, like, me who grew up in that time. Right. Um, You know, there's nothing, there's she can't relate to a bunch of bored kids on a rainy day, like getting on their bikes and going on an adventure. Mm -hmm. Like that's just not the way kids work these days. So it's a little bit sad, but you know, um, just the whole thing, just, just the adventure and then the, the Fratelli's chasing them. And it's an, it's an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Pirate ship comes sailing out at the end. Yeah. It's awesome. Sean Astin's best work since. <laughs> That's what he should be remembered by. He never recovered from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Hey, he's making good money on the convention circuit because of Lord of the Rings. I know he is, but. Peter Jackson shoved food in his face and said that, that Samwise needed to be pudgy and he's just never been able to, to lose that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I do appreciate the videos that I've seen of him on the convention circuit where he's taken time to talk to every person and it's not mm -hmm. just an assembly line of I'm signing your thing and you're out. So, I mean, I at least appreciate that. Yeah, and I've I've met him in person when he's not working, and he's a really nice guy. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. It's because you got that t tattoo of him on your leg, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we bonded over that. <laughs> I know how you are. <laughs> I 
Did you watch anything else? Or is that it? Uh, I watched a few more episodes of Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Okay. Um, I, I really like it. However, Indy, well, and I guess he, he is in the modern movies too, is, is very much a player. Yeah. Because, uh, one of them was a scandal in Hollywood that I just watched where, um, he's like seeing two girls at the same time and you know you, you the whole episode you're like why is he gonna get caught what's gonna happen he's gonna get away with it and then of course he gets caught <laughs> but it it was kind of interesting that um i guess i knew this before but um wyatt earp was a stuntman Like the Wyatt Earp, like the, like the, the the Wyatt Earp, he he uh, did a bunch of um, like early westerns, right? Yes. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Is that in one of the one of the episodes? Yes, they Indy has to go shut down a movie that. Um, Otto von Stroheim is drawing out and spending millions of dollars on, and then he hooks up with John Ford, and they go do a western. <laughs> so, are you watching the Disney Plus ones where they've edited them into like an hour and a half episodes? Uh, no. No. Okay. I always thought that was a strange choice. Yeah. But interesting. I mean, one thing about the Indiana Jones stuff is it's always got these interesting characters from history that cross paths. Okay. So I just, I just like that stuff. And they, I think they reference some young Indiana Jones stuff in kingdom of the crystal skull. Uh, they could, I think, I think when Indy's talking the mutt, he mentions a couple of things that happen in those episodes. Um, as kind of like a tie in, I guess. Uh, our writer strike is over. It is. And apparently they got everything they asked for. Yeah. I've read some op ed pieces saying that the writers killed basically have given away their future, but I don't see how, how that's possible based on what they got. I mean, the only thing that I read that was a little weird was, I guess there was something in the contract about AI 
being able to write or being able to study certain writers, I guess. Um, and I don't know how that translates into the actual writing thing, but AI is never going to top actual writers with human experiences. So I don't know how that's going to play into it. Yeah. But with the writer, with the actors going back on Monday, I'm sure that the studios are going to want to clear this up as soon as possible so that they can get back to work. So I would assume that they have some, some leverage this time. Right. I mean, I like, um, I know that I guess the acting branch of the video game union is now uh-huh. going to go on strike too. So I don't know if that's going to get lumped in as well. Um, but at least the writers got their, their stuff taken care of. So at least they're going to be back to work, but right. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what that's going to do to the actors. I got to assume that it's, it's going to help them. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe by this time next week, uh, everything will be done. Cause there's definitely not much know. out. You think? No. I mean, certain things will be coming back, but we're, we still get the actor strike. Well, yeah, I mean, there's nothing they can do until the writers are done anyway. Right. But at least Drew Barrymore can do her talk show. Mm, Jesus. <laughs> but she still can't have any actors on. They can't discuss a project that they're currently working on. Okay, so or, what do you come so in to discuss? You, uh, uh... I don't know. High school crushes. <laughs> Love of soccer. I mean, you know, it might be kind of interesting if, if they can't do promotions that they actually have some legitimate conversations that aren't, you know, disguised uh, um, advertisements. Yeah. Don't know. Good for them. I mean, her original idea, though, was that she was just going to report the news. Who the hell wants to watch that? Yeah, nobody. And next up in the news, (laughs) suffer and suck a (laughs) cash. It's funny. Thank you. Yeah, since she's become an adult, she's annoying. Well, you know, everybody's got to give their own opinions. Right. She loves to give hers. (laughs) Former drug addict as a child. 
What a heartwarming story. Well, I mean, she's turned her life around. I'll give her that. She has. What else have you got? Uh, did you see the trailer for the new spy movie Argyle? No, I saw that it's out, but I really didn't have too much interest in it. It looks interesting. You need to watch the trailer. Okay. Because there's there's a Bryce con- Dallas Howard. Yeah, there's a conceit in it that I didn't know about beforehand. Okay. And the fact that they're giving it away in the trailer makes me think that there's a whole lot better things in the movie. Um, okay. but it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting idea. And I don't know if you like Matthew Vaughn films, um, kick ass and, um, the Kingsman movies are all him. Uh, I've seen the first Kingsman. Okay. No. Which is the one with Julianne Phillip, Julianne Moore. Is it the second one? Is that the one with Pedro Pascal and the whip? That's that's the one where they're in a diner and she kills the guy and puts him in a meat grinder and then serves him a burger made of it. That's the second one. Okay. Yeah. So but don't write them like that. No. So I don't know how much like it like this film is going to be like that, but um, I've always enjoyed his films and anytime like. Henry Cavill gets to get a starring role in a movie. I'll go see it because that dude deserves better than what he's been given in Hollywood. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Now I see the premise. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's a little different than what you think it's going to be. Like, you think it's going to yeah. be just a straight-up, like, spy film. And it's not. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Did you see the any of the video from Inside the Sphere at Las Vegas? Yes. That is an Holy incredible crap. feat, man. That's amazing. Yeah. So who, anybody who doesn't see like, you need to look this up. Like, I guess you two had been doing concerts there and it's this giant. Yeah. So it's this giant sphere of it's one giant video screen and they've used it to its fullest extent. Like you can do, um, there's there. I saw videos of where they're showing like vast landscapes. I've seen videos where like it looks all digital and it looks like the roof is coming down. Okay. Like there's all kinds of cool shit that they can do with this sphere. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Like technologically, I know it costs a shitload of money, but like it may have been worth it. So that was very cool. But that's really all I saw this week. 
Oh, and their tickets start at 140 bucks for the U2 concerts. That's really not bad. No, and it doesn't look like there's a bad seat anywhere. Right. I thought it'd be like one of those $500 for a two-hour concert. I mean, they do have $600 premium tickets. Right. But they're saying 60% of the tickets are priced below 300 And for Vegas, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. I wonder who else they've got lined up for it. I mean, I can imagine like lots of like is U2 isn't doing a it's not a residency, right? It's just like a couple of concerts there. Um, They're doing a residency September and October. At the Sphere. At the Sphere. Okay. And a residency isn't a residency anymore. It's a limited engagement. Yeah, it's not a year-long. No. Yeah. No, you're not going to the the Adele Theater (laughs) for, you know, the next year. You're going when she decides to drag her ass over here from London. Right. Has a seating capacity of 17,500 people. Wow. I mean, I could, uh, like, the biggest acts have got to be get booked in there. Like, oh, sure. Like, I could see them putting Taylor Swift in there or um, Ed Sheeran or, you know, any of those, like, super draws that sell out, like, stadiums and stuff. Maybe Elton John will come out of retirement. Maybe. Like, I could see Metallica playing in there. Hmm. Could they sell out 17,000 seats? Probably. I mean, they they sell out most of the shows that they perform, and they're constantly touring. So, Yeah. you know, if they did did a limited engagement there and used... Because they try to do a lot of theatrical stuff in their concerts anyway... I could see them looking at that being like, oh, we can do all kinds of shit with this. Mm. It's very cool. I'll have to start saving my pennies. (laughs) I'd just like to see the outside when they make like, they make it into like a moon or like, um, they do the thing where like the the little characters waking up with the eyes looking around stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think yes. that'd be cool to see in person. Yeah. So, yeah. We haven't watched it yet, but there's a new, uh, Wes Anderson. Is it a film or is it a mini series? I guess it's a film uh, on Netflix starring Cumberbatch, uh, Ray Fiennes, Dev Patel, Ben Kingsley, based on a, a Raoul Dahl story, since we were talking about Willy oh. Wonka earlier. Okay. And I've heard really good things about it, so. Oh, sweet. Oh, okay. So they're doing four Raoul Dahl short stories. And this is the first one. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, 
I might get to it this coming week. I'll let you know. Okay. I mean, you like Wes Anderson. Yes, I do. Um, we also got, I guess we're getting the final couple episodes of Doom Patrol. Oh, finally. Next week, the week after. They released a trailer for that this week. Um, with the final, like, you know, hey, this is it. Uh, oh, six new episodes. Six, yeah. Starting on uh, August, or two October episodes. 12th? Yep. Yeah. It's about a team of traumatized and downtrodden superheroes that come together to investigate weird phenomena. Like butts with teeth. Yes. <laughs> Singing butts. Singing butts. That'll be good. Well, well, that's good. Yeah. Giving them a farewell. Yeah. I mean, I hope it's better than Titans was. <laughs> oh, I doubt that. But Titans had shit acting in it, too, so... Titans t- Titans had such potential in the beginning and then it just fell flat on its face yeah we don't have any money to do anything really cool so you know we'll bring in Bruce Wayne but not as Batman right you'll kind of get to see the Batcave yeah whatever Doom Patrol was just weird from the start Mm-hmm. Just leaned into that shit. Nobody looked back. Yeah, right. They didn't try to like you know clean it up and make it a little more palatable. It's it's what it was. Nope. What do you mean you have a character that's an ambulance? <laughs> yes. Well, and then he turns into a street. And there's going to be a scene. There's going to be a scene in the beginning of. Or not in the beginning, but in one of the episodes where a guy makes everybody on the street have an orgasm. <laughs> and they were like, all right, cool. Yeah, shoot that. Well, wasn't that the sex ghosts? No, that was. Uh, yes, the, there were sex ghosts in it. Uh, but. Um, oh, what's his name? Something Metallo was the guy that if he flexes muscles, he could get different things to happen. Oh yeah. 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 And they were on the street They're, They were on Danny and he flexes the wrong muscle and everybody has an orgasm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah. Well, you know, it's DC. What are you going to do? All right. You got anything else for this week? Uh, no. No? I'm tapped out. All right. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Or no, not Twitter. Fuck Twitter. Uh, and let us know you're listening. <laughs> so until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. Are you hungry? I got a baby Ruth. <laughs> baby Ruth?